Welcome to the Startup CPG Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Freitag. 79% of consumers have bought a new product in the last month. How do you make sure that your brand is one of the new products in a consumer's cart? Today, we welcome Analia Krebs, founder and CEO of Social Nature, a product discovery and trial platform in the better for you space. Listen in as Analia covers the landscape of product discovery and trial amidst the pandemic, including demos, subscription boxes, coupons, her recommendations for top consumer insights questions to ask, her tips for building communities, Social Nature's community has nearly 1 million people, and actionable ideas for how to best create online brand awareness, drive offline purchase, get consumer feedback, and turn consumers into brand advocates. Hi, Analia. Thanks for being here today. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for the invite. Super excited to have you on the show today. I would love if you could start out by telling us a little bit about Social Nature and yourself. Cool. So Social Nature is a product discovery and trial platform in the better for you space. And it really started um, from a belief that positive social and environmental change starts in the shopping basket. And it's those everyday actions that people take, you know, what, what to eat for breakfast, what to clean your home with, what to put on your skin that does add up when you become more conscious about those products that you buy. And I was thinking to myself and, and, and doing some research when I was first founding Social Nature as to how many products the average person uses in their in a in a year of grocery shopping and it really comes down to about 200 products that people end up purchasing 200 unique products right for their beauty routine for their cleaning routine for their food routine and so forth and so those are really 200 choices that we're making each of us is making about what we put in our bodies what we put in our children's bodies, what we put in our pets' bodies, <laughs> and ultimately what we put in the environment. Because of course, anything that you put on your skin and use in the shower or put in your dishwasher, it all it all goes into the drain and into, into our oceans. And so what we're really passionate about at Social Nature is helping people, everyday people like you and me, make the switch to products that are better for them and the planet on their next shopping trip. Awesome. And can you tell us a little bit about your journey? I believe you've had three different companies in this space. Can you kind of share the different evolutions of how you got to social nature? Yeah, it's not an overnight success story. <laughs> it has been in many ways, you know, 10 years in the making, which in itself is really interesting because I can tell you that 10 years ago, there wasn't even a dedicated online green business directory in North America because I was the first to start it. <laughs> and so wow. there's just been so much that has happened in the last 10 years. It's been really exciting to be part of building that movement towards more conscious consumption and, and to see how far it has come and how mainstream it has come over the last 10 years. But yeah, my first business was a, a local green business directory online, of course, because that's always been how I've built my businesses. It's really about reaching as many people as possible, raising awareness around these greener choices and making it easy for people to purchase these greener choices. And so with the online green business directory, it was called thechange.com. And we launched that across North America. And it was local first. So we would profile eco-friendly clothing companies, vegan restaurants, organic bakeries, you know, just the different everyday greener choices that you, that you could discover in your local city, similar to like a Yelp 
model. And and as we grew that local green business directory, really the request that came from the businesses that I was profiling was, thank you for, for promoting our business. But the next step is actually getting those consumers into our businesses and, and helping us grow that way. So can you convert that online demand and interest that you're creating in our businesses into foot traffic? <laughs> and so that ended up actually evolving into my second business, which was a eco-friendly green daily deal site. So we were nicknamed the Green Groupon. The name of our company was Ethical Deal. And so now that we we basically used all the businesses that we had profiled in the local green business directory, and they became our green eco-friendly deal of the day. And it was through that popular daily deal model offering 50% off at the vegan restaurant or the eco-friendly clothing company or the organic bakery that we converted that online demand into traffic into these into these various establishments, helping them grow and helping them acquire those targeted consumers that were interested in trying something new, but you know, as we all do, need a bit of a nudge, a bit of an incentive sometimes to to try something new. And so that was ethical deal, the second business. And and again, we grew that city by city across Canada. And then we also launched into the US. And then it was really the ethical deal community that can develop the idea for for social nature, my current business, I was promoting all the greener choices in their city at 50% off, they came to me and they said, Hey, what about the greener choices in my home? You know, I'm I'm, I'm getting my eco friendly fashion now I'm going to my vegan restaurant, I'm purchasing gluten free bread from the bakery, I'm seeing my naturopath, I've gotten out into my city, I'm taking advantage of all these things. But my home, (laughs) the things that I use every day is is still where I need to I need to learn more about what those better for you options are and, and have you introduce them to me. So that was really where I started thinking, how could I connect people to these everyday products? And I started talking to manufacturers. I remember, you know, calling up brands like Interest Path and saying, hey, I have these shoppers that want to try your products. Can you do 50% off? And they kind of laughed and said, no, you know, our retailers would not be happy if we promoted 50% off our products online. And so with that, I learned that, of course, there was a different way to to run these promotions when it came to working with manufacturers versus service-based providers. And so I was just about to hang up the phone with Nature's Path and, and kind of think about how else I could do this. And they said, but I can give it away for free. And so that was interesting because, of course, in the consumer packaged goods industry, free is really the path to purchase, right? Trial is the path to purchase. And so we're driving sales to the retailer by by sampling these products. And so I needed to figure out you know, how to change the business model from an online daily deal model where the consumer purchased the deal, and that's how I made money, to a model where I would give away products to the consumer for free sampling and add value to to the manufacturers to develop a business model. So that was what led me to social nature. That's awesome. What an amazing journey. That's so cool. And I have to say, I have become part of the social nature community as a consumer. And I've already gotten to try so many amazing products. And it's a really awesome platform. And we'll talk about a little bit later how to sign up if listeners would like to sign up for the social nature community. But yeah, it's just it's super cool. It's super intuitive. And as someone that's always looking for 
new better for you products, I'm like, oh, this is perfect. Like this is a great way for me to discover these new things. So I love that. I'd love if you could talk us through the online to offline marketing cycle. Recently, Social Nature released this really awesome free guide that I'm going to link in the show notes that people can check out. It has all sorts of experts in it. But I'm wondering with drawing on all of your experience and helping craft that, if you could walk us through the online to offline cycle and a little bit more of your perspective that people can learn from. For sure. Yeah. So the online to offline, which we have called O2O marketing cycle is really was really created from the, these last 10 years of experience, right? Where it started 10 years ago, where we created that online demand and figured out through various mechanisms how to drive that online demand into offline traffic for our customers. And so there's four stages to the online to offline marketing model, which any brand can implement themselves. And the first stage is all about online discovery. So we know that now, especially now more than ever, the path to purchase starts online. So even if the consumer is planning on making a purchase in store, they're often starting the research process online, whether it's searching for a specific specialty item, especially relevant in the better for you space, as they are often more specialized, more premium products where people tend to do a little bit more research or look for recommendations, right? So they're either looking for online product reviews, or they're looking for online blog posts, or maybe they're just even asking their friends on Facebook or Instagram what, you know, what recommendations their friends have for a certain product that they're looking for, but it all starts online. And so for you as a brand, if you're launching a new product, for example, to really understand that consumers are starting their search for your product online, then you can kind of think about what type of content you can create to help uh, ensure that when people are searching for you, that your brand is coming up. So that's where obviously product reviews play a big part in that having them on your website, having them on your retailers websites, having them on your social media websites or Google reviews, Facebook reviews, and so forth, having video content, as we know, you know, Google favors video content. And so that's going to be great for your SEO and building your brand awareness online, having relevant content that, you know, if you're a food brand, recipe content, super helpful. If you're a supplement brand talking about various health issues, because again, people might not even be searching for your specific product name, they might have an ailment that they're searching for a solution on. And so tying into thinking about, you know, why does someone want to buy my product? And then building content around that can help with your online discovery. From there, moving into the second stage of the O2O cycle, which is offline purchase. And so this is all about converting that online demand into in-store traffic through targeted trials and offers. And so we did that, you know, as I was sharing my, my founding story, I did that with the online green business directory. I did that with ethical deal and I'm doing that with social nature. So with every single one of those businesses, I created a very, you know, search engine optimized online discovery experience, leveraging content, leveraging keywords, leveraging video to ensure that people would discover each and every one of my businesses. And then as consumers came to the website, gave them a very clear targeted offer that made it easy for them to try something new. So with Ethical Deal, as an example, it was that 50% off limited time offer, right? You could only get that deal within 24 hours. And so if they you know, stumbled across and discovered this vegan restaurant... 
they had 24 hours to decide if they wanted to try that. And so that created a sense of urgency and resulted in many new customers for that vegan restaurant. With social nature, we're more of a sampling platform. So again, there's only ever going to be a certain supply of free samples, right? We can't give free samples away to everyone. So there's also urgency in the sense of if you're not one of the first ones to apply, you might not actually the samples might run out. And so when we launch the samples on our website, there is a sense of urgency as well, which means people are continuously checking our website for those new product offers. And and so just thinking about how can you create that sense of urgency with whatever offer you have available on your website. Another key piece here is social proof. So with uh, my previous business, I utilized Facebook plugins and could show if their friends were purchasing the deal that they were interested in. And so we know from the research and experiments we've run that if you can show that people in your social network have already tried this product or purchased this product, that's going to help with conversion rates. So that's another tool that you could use in these social plugins to, again, demonstrate trust, social proof, and create that conversion from that online discovery into an offline purchase. Discounts can work. I find discounts work best, you know, if if they're 50% off or more, if you're trying to drive a new customer. But if it's just about, you know, giving an incentive to one of your existing customers, it certainly does not need to be that high. We find that 30% is is also quite effective. So between 30 and 50%, if you're looking to really, you know, drive high conversions, nowadays, 10% off offers, you know, really every website out there has 10% off to sign up to your newsletter. So those don't work as well. But It really depends on your goal. But if your goal is new customer acquisition, which is what I'm here to talk about, 30 to 50% discounts will do it. Limited time offers. And of course, a free sample is another great tool for driving that conversion to an offline location. And so that's where with social nature, we have driven the consumer into the grocery store. And, and so that's where we take that online demand. Because it's online, we've been able to ask them, where do they shop? Where do they live? And then we've been able to match them to a grocery store near them that carries that product so that they can then claim their free trial at a retailer near them. So that's how we are converting that online demand to offline purchases and traffic. And then the third stage is post-purchase feedback. So this is really important and it, and it does tie to the first stage of online discovery because you can't do post-purchase feedback if you don't have the, the information from the consumer, right? So in that online discovery, when you're building your content, have call to actions so that you're asking people to subscribe and give you additional information like their email or other, maybe even their phone number if you're planning on doing SMS text-based follow-up. So whatever information you've collected directly from the consumer in that online discovery phase, again, great, great opportunity to ask for this information when you're offering a sample or a discount, especially if you're offering 30 to 50% off, you can ask the consumer, right, for an email or for a phone number at that stage. And then that's how you're going to then be able to ping them again, perhaps a couple of weeks later to ask them for perhaps a product review or a photo of the product that they tried or any other feedback that you're looking for from that consumer. So collecting that information up front so that you can do that post-purchase feedback mechanism. And then the last stage of the O2O cycle is amplification and advocacy. So you've asked them for a review 
or a photo or some feedback, if they've taken the time to do that, they're already so engaged. So why not invite them to a brand ambassador program and or make them one of your affiliates, right? So it's really about responding to the consumer. And if they're showing you their engagement with your brand, then just continue to build that relationship with them. Don't stop at the product review, come back to them and, and, and you know, make them a brand ambassador, build loyalty, and they'll continue to promote your brand. That's the four step cycle that I successfully employed in my previous business ethical deal, as well as my current business. So social nature to drive really big growth for over 500 food and health brands across North America using this exact model. Again, you can do this yourself with social nature. (laughs) You can outsource it and we can do it for you. But those are the four steps. And there's a 50 page e-guide that we will be making available at the end of this podcast and in the show notes that go through this in a lot more detail. It includes expert advice from 17 CPG influencers as well that talk about how they've deployed this model for brands that they've worked with. So definitely recommend downloading that for more information. Great. That was awesome. So much excellent information with the four stages, online discovery, offline purchase, feedback, and amplification. I definitely recommend downloading the guide. It is just jam-packed full of awesome information. Thank you so much for that overview. And that kind of leads into, I'm wondering from your perspective, what the current landscape of product discovery and trial is kind of looking like, especially with the pandemic still happening. I'm thinking demos, subscription boxes, coupons, the programs you mentioned you have at Social Nature. Like what's kind of the landscape looking like from your point of view? Yeah, so lots has changed, as you've mentioned. And what we've been seeing is in-store demo budgets, consumer event budgets really are shifting to other tactics for the most part. Certainly, I have heard recently that some retailers are starting to bring back demos and various shapes and forms. But, you know, there is also kind of some permanent (laughs) consumer behavior changes that have happened that we can't ignore over the last two years, right, with with the pandemic, where people just aren't that comfortable anymore sampling open air products. And so unless you have a product that can be packaged individually and, and given out in that fashion, you are still definitely needing to look for more creative and alternative solutions. And so, with that, we've seen certainly a rise in couponing, in-store discounts, online offers as well. I think it's easiest to talk about this kind of in two categories. One is shelf-stable products, and then one is perishables, because there's really different options for, for both of those types of brands. So for the for the perishables, that's where we see a lot of, of companies working with, with social nature, because really, they need a solution that is going to get people into the grocery store to get that product from the refrigerated section, from the freezer section, right? And those are usually products that, again, today are really hard to sample in store because of how the consumer behavior has changed, where people aren't that comfortable taking a bite of something that someone has prepared. So that's where Social Nature's model with the free trial voucher that's geo-targeted to a retailer makes it a really COVID-safe sampling model for those perishable frozen brands. And yes, you are giving away a free trial full size on the store shelf, but you're also getting that consumer 
to the store shelf, to the point of sale, and that consumer has been geo-targeted to live near and shop at that retailer. So the likelihood of a repeat purchase is very high. Now with shelf-stable products, there's some more options available, I would say. And this is where we've seen brands get creative, launching their own sample packs online, for example, on their own dot-coms. Certainly, you know, some types of products, again, are easier to do here than others. For example, beverages, typically, it's really hard to just ship one or two samples. But we've seen brands get creative with trial packs of three to five products, giving away the product itself for free, and then just charging shipping. So that has worked well, like, you know, pay $10 to try a sample pack of three beverages, and that $10 covers the cost of shipping, you aren't making money on the actual product, but that's the cost of new customer acquisition, right? So there's ways of kind of offsetting the costs for the brands with passing along the shipping charge to the consumer and just building up a high enough value of a free sample pack for a consumer to still be encouraged to try something new online. So I've seen brands roll that out more and more in the past 12 months. And of course, they're collecting consumer emails and phone numbers along the way. So that's also helpful. Subscription boxes themselves, I think that works well for larger brands that have really strong distribution, because typically the subscription boxes themselves can't be that targeted. So if you're an emerging brand with regional distribution, you might be, you know, giving away lots of your product in these subscription boxes, but people can't even find your product at a store near them. So that's the biggest challenge I see with with subscription boxes for emerging brands, but they are great if you are looking to get your products out to many people just from like a brand awareness standpoint. But if you're an emerging brand, it may not really translate to sales unless you have a really attractive online presence and shipping rates and things like that, that you can encourage people to to kind of buy after they sample. That's super helpful. And hopefully people are going to be heading your way after listening to the podcast. But I'm wondering if you have any tips just in general for a brand deciding they want to use a vendor for product discovery and trial. I'm wondering if you have any tips on due diligence they should be doing beforehand, any red flags to watch out for? Yeah, I love this question. So thank you for asking. The first thing is really asking them, where is their community coming from, right? So I've been seeing there's a lot of companies in this space that actually pay their community to review products or try products. And I understand why they're doing that. (laughs) But there is something to be said around authentic, unpaid (laughs) consumer engagement as well. So if you come across a vendor and, you know, they have a community, just ask them, how is their community incentivized? If it's just a free trial, that's pretty authentic. But if they're also having to pay their community members to try your products in store or review your products, that's going to mean two things. One, the community members, more or less, this is like a job they're doing, right? They're getting paid to review your product. They're getting paid to go to the store to try your product. How likely is that consumer going to be to actually become a repeat purchaser of your product? It's likely not going to be as high because they're not just doing this because they're interested in trying your product. They're doing this because they're being paid to to try your product. So that's a bit of a red flag for me. As well, it's probably going to mean that the costs of using this vendor are going to be higher because they now need to cover their costs of paying their community members to try your your products or review your products, which means your cost to access their community is also going to be higher. So as a general rule of thumb, I would recommend always asking that question. And certainly my recommendation is, is working with vendors where the community is engaged 
doesn't need to be paid <laughs> to try your products is just happy to receive a free sample. So that's the first area. The second area really gets into targeting. So especially if you're going to be doing sampling where you know you're giving away a free trial of your product, whether that's sample size or full size, you know, it's still a free product. And so you want to be sure that the vendor can target that that consumer. And so there's so many different vendors out there, all with many different types of targeting capabilities. You'll often hear again, especially with subscription boxes, you know, they can they can find you that health conscious consumer, which is great if you have large distribution or if you sell online. But if you're an emerging brand with spotty distribution or regional distribution, it may not be the best choice. You might need to find a vendor that also offers regional targeting capabilities or even retailer-specific targeting capabilities. So depending on the stage of brand you are and what your targeting needs are, making sure that you line up with a vendor that can offer those additional layers of targeting will just ensure that you have a higher ROI and, and make the best use of your marketing dollars. The third area is all about data and insights. So each vendor is going to really be very different um, with what types of data and insights they'll share back with you. And also the response rates, right? So some vendors, depending on how engaged their community is, may have much lower response rates, say in the 10 to 30% range, whereas other vendors might have much higher response rates when they survey their community or ask their community for reviews or photo engagement or whatever it is in the realm of 50 to 80% response rates. So not only asking the vendor, what type of post-trial feedback do you give me? What, what type of post-trial content do you give me? But also what are your post-trial response rates will help you evaluate the different vendors and give you a sense of you know how much content or how much UGC or how many reviews or how many email opt-ins, whatever it is those vendors are willing to give you, you're going to get in exchange for your free trial. And then along those lines, sometimes different vendors may have different integrations that allow you to leverage the content that you've gotten from that free sample. So for example, we have partnered with Power Reviews, Yachtpo, Bizarre Voice, Shopify, Okendo, and a number of other providers where when you do a sampling campaign with us, all of your content can be syndicated out to these various partner channels, which means your reviews can easily show up on your website, your reviews can easily show up on your retailer's websites. So it's kind of a, it's just a makes it easier to work with a vendor like us because we're more or less a one-stop shop that can then just also distribute your content to all these other e-commerce channels. So that should be another part of your evaluation, especially if you're a smaller brand, you know, that can't use 10 different vendors, or you just don't have the time to evaluate 10 different vendors. If a vendor can offer you those integrations, it's just going to make it easier for you to work with them. You mentioned in there a little bit about consumer insights. And I'm wondering with your experience of social nature helping brands gather consumer insights, are there key questions that brands should absolutely be asking consumers? Or I'm wondering if there's questions that you see brands sometimes forget to ask. I just love to hear any tips that you have about which questions to ask for consumer insights. Yeah, this is a part of our program that our clients get really excited about because again, when your brand, a lot of brands might do sampling on retailer websites or but they might do sampling even on sites like Amazon or or other retailers. 
And those retailers usually don't give you a lot of consumer insights, right? Those consumer insights are there for them to, you know, optimize their e-commerce sales on and are often proprietary and things they don't really want to share with their vendors. Whereas with us, we're not an e-commerce website. We're a discovery and trial platform. So we are more than happy to share all of our insights with you. And so the first stage is setting up a pre-trial survey that every consumer that requests samples on our platform has to answer. And those are five customized questions that you as a brand select. And so our team will work with each brand to design the questionnaire to meet their goals. But typically, I recommend asking the following. One is brand awareness, right? If you as a brand want to know how many people have heard of your brand, how many people have seen your brand in store, how many people have tried your product, there's multiple layers to asking this question. And so really diving into the how do you know my brand? Have you seen it in store? Have you tried it is the first question. And this can also be used to pre-qualify consumers. So you could ask it just as a market research question. Or you could choose to actually gate your samples based on how people respond to this question, which will also allow you to target, say, new customers. So that's a common question we recommend asking. The second one is really starting to understand, are they already category users of your product? And this is a key question, especially when you're pitching new products into retail, because retail buyers don't just want to, you know, have another Me Too product on the shelf that more or less is just going to not really increase their overall category sales. It's just people are going to, you know, either choose option A or option B. That means the retailer is not really making any more money. So if you can demonstrate that you are going to be adding net new growth to the category by introducing shoppers that haven't previously shopped that category based on your new innovative product and the innovative product attributes that your product has, that's going to get a retail buyer excited because now you're able to show based on this market research study that you would potentially be adding sales into the category. So asking, are you new to the category or how often have you purchased this category and why are you interested in purchasing this particular product are really key questions to ask upfront. And you can ask these questions before someone's even sampled your product, right? These are consumer demand questions. And so that's why we build these types of questions into the pre-trial survey. The other common question is competitive, right? So here's an opportunity to learn about who is interested in your product and what else do they buy. Again, really helpful for retail buyer conversations. So asking a competitive question, what other brands in this category do you buy is a common one. A not so common question, but one that I thought was really smart to ask was, where do you discover products, new products? And so this was actually a question that the brand asked to help inform their advertising (laughs) channels. And so they, you know, they listed all the various discovery channels that they were thinking of advertising on. And based on the, the consumer demand that came to their sampling page on social nature, they were able to collect a really good sample size of where their target consumer would likely discover their products, which then informed their advertising efforts. So I thought that was a a clever newer question that I saw being asked. This product attribute question is also, I just want to spend two seconds on that as the way that we usually see this asked is, you know, what appeals to you most about and then insert product name, and then they list all their product attributes. And this question is really helpful for really prioritizing what you put on your packaging label. 
as we all know, there's such limited space on the package label. And so if you can understand from a large consumer base, you know, what those top three, say, product attributes are for your new product launch, that'll just help you get it right faster and prioritize what to put on your packaging. So that's another really great question, especially for new products, to make sure that you're you're getting those key marketing messages, presenting them in the right order on your packaging and in your marketing communications. So these are just some of the types of questions that you can build into your sampling programs or even build into your discount offers. If you're giving a high enough offer away, like a 30 to 50% off, you'd be surprised. Some people, you know, they might not answer five question survey, but they might answer two question survey. I love that the questions that you talked about can happen pre-trial. That's so valuable to be able to hone in on the exact type of consumer because free samples are not cheap. So you're making sure that it's going to the right people when you're doing that sampling, that targeting is so valuable. I love that. That's right. And it's almost, I mean, it's really a market research layer that's being added onto the sampling program. I mean, the cheapest I've ever heard a concept test go for is $5,000. And I would say that's the cheapest. I would say the norm is more like $15,000. So to be able to more or less have, you know, anywhere from five to $15,000 worth of market research value added into your sampling program, that's high value and and certainly why a lot of uh, clients keep keep using social nature sampling programs for their new product launches. And I want to make sure that I hit on the fact that social nature's community has almost a million people. And I think I heard you mention on another podcast that the first half million people, you didn't even do any paid advertising. So it's just incredible. The community that you've built and in your other companies, you're clearly a community building pro. So I'm wondering <laughs> if you have any tips just for brands. It's a different type of community. You're trying to grow a community around your product or, or something something like that. But I wonder if you have any tips about that with with all the communities you've built. For sure. Yeah, there's some transferable lessons there. So with both Ethical Deal and Social Nature, I've really had great success with a user referral program. So if you're an e-commerce website, something that you can implement, and there's lots of different tools and apps that you can use to do this, or you can custom code it yourself, but there are lots of free apps or, or low pay apps to do this, is when someone has made a purchase on your website, say, then, you know, right away, give them a message to say, you like this product, maybe your friends would too. And then give them a unique trackable link, like a referral link that's tagged to their user ID that they can use to share that product with their friends on Facebook, Instagram, by email. I would even recommend if you can, giving those different options so that right away they can go to Facebook or right away they can copy the link and send an email to to their friends. Maybe even through your platform would be ideal so that you can track that as well. And then incentivize it two ways. So give them something. For example, you could give them $5 off their next purchase if their friend that they refer to that product purchases anything on your website and then perhaps give their friend $5 off their first purchase. So that way, both parties are getting an incentive or reward. One as a new customer gets $5 off. And then of course, the referrer gets $5 off their next purchase. Those two-way incentive programs really help spike the referrals. I've experimented with just one-way incentives, but I really found that when you put an incentive on both parties, you see the referrer rates really increase. So again, consider it a new cost of customer acquisition. If you're prepared to spend X dollars on Facebook, you know, to acquire new users, why not 
spend that same budget and, you know, on these on these referral perks or credits towards your next purchase, because your existing user base is always going to be able to refer you the most valuable consumers. <laughs> They're always going to be probably better consumers than ones that you're just kind of out there, you know, fishing for on Facebook or other online channels. So, you know, don't don't cheap out <laughs> when it comes to rewarding your users for referrals would be my advice as they're going to be the best users. So that's a program I've used both for ethical deal and for social nature with a lot of success. In addition to that, making sure that every single touch point, you know, as best as you can is social. I mean, with social nature, it's in our name, right? So when someone comes to social nature and they click on a product, when they show an interest in that product, before they've even tried that product, we prompt them to share that product with their friends. You can do the same thing. Nowadays, right, with all the various ad pixels and things like that, that you can add to your website, you can really create quite an interactive experience. When people are showing an interest on a product, that they're clicking on a product, right at that moment, you can encourage them to share that product with their friends. After they purchase the product, again, encourage to share. Once they write a review about the product, encourage them to share that review. These are the things that we do on social nature. Right. When people come back to the platform, they write a review. We say, hey, maybe your friend inspire your friends to try natural. And we make it really easy with clicks out to Facebook and Twitter and so forth for people to share that review with their friends. What we've seen increase review share rates is if you can give them something to offer their friends. So if you're running an e-commerce website, you could perhaps incentivize and give 20% off to their friends. And so now they can not only share their review, but they can also share a 20% off code to their friends, which will ultimately make their friends likely click on that review that they've just shared and bring them back to your website. So thinking of your users as affiliates or brand ambassadors, which is that fourth stage of the O2O cycle is, is really important for that social sharing, that social referrals, and really thinking about and mapping, you know, really design your user journey and design it with what are those social sharing points and those inflection points. And then what's my incentive to get that person to share would be a really fun exercise that I'd recommend, you know, brands do with their marketing teams and their community teams as an immediate takeaway. And again, there's lots more detail on how to do this in the O2O e-guide. As we wrap up, I want to go through some different ways for audience members to connect with social nature. So from a brand perspective, what stage, size, type of brands are going to be the best fit for doing a program with social nature? Yeah, brands that have uh, retail distribution, likely in at least 300 stores. So we do a lot of work with brands that have just gotten into, say, Whole Foods nationally or in Sprouts and are looking to, to grow. That's, that's a very common entry point for a lot of our clients. But because we are so retailer focused, I would say a, a bit of a precondition is that you are in at least a couple hundred stores. We can do geo-targeting, so you don't need to be national by any means. We can do campaigns that are as narrowly focused as, you know, California or even Southern California, if, if that was where you had your distribution. But again, we do need those couple hundred stores to help execute that campaign and find enough consumers to send into those retailers. So that's, that's a bit of a precondition. 
And then in terms of use cases, the most common use case is supporting either a new product launch or supporting a new store listing. Then there's also clients who might have regions that they're lower performing in and want to give a boost to. And because we can geotarget in those regions, we can send shoppers into those specific regions and stores to support their sales through through our sampling programs. And then there's those customers that have a really important account, you know, whatever account it is, but certainly some of the top ones lately have been Walmart as they've picked up more natural and organic SKUs. Target, we've been hearing a lot of use cases for as well. And and this is really often about, you know, hey, I got into this retailer and <laughs> they have high expectations, high velocity expectations. I'm a natural specialty product on the shelf in a conventional retailer. And I need to know that my target consumer is going to be able to find my product amongst all the rows of shelves. And so that is certainly another common use case is helping natural brands succeed at those conventional retailers, helping them hit those velocity numbers by driving new customers to those retailers to discover their products. And then a kind of a, an interesting use case that wasn't top of mind when we started, but really kind of came through as we started working with more clients is helping drive in-store discovery. And this is very common where in the natural specialty space because sometimes the way retailers merchandise natural and organic products can vary can vary greatly. And so half the battle is sometimes just having consumers find your product in store. Like some days you're in the product aisle and other days you're, you know, plant-based meat in the meat aisle and other days you're in a completely different section or you're in, you know, a natural aisle, whatever it is, finding your product amongst all the conventional products is sometimes half the battle. So using a solution like Social Nature to help drive that in-store discovery with a free trial coupon and then us actually putting on the free trial coupon, find me in the produce aisle <laughs> to help guide that shopper, that new consumer to your product is a emerging use case for some of our clients that aren't merchandised so obviously in the retailer. And is there an email that people should reach out to or what's the best way to contact the social nature team if a brand wants to partner? Yeah, so uh, brands can just go to socialnature.com forward slash marketing and that will bring them to our brand website. And from there, there's lots of good case studies and testimonials and more information on our sampling services, as well as a contact form to get in touch with us. Certainly, you're more than welcome to just reach out to marketing at socialnature.com as well. But I definitely encourage you to go to socialnature.com forward slash marketing just to read up on all the good case studies and testimonials from the 500 brands that we've worked with to date. And if listeners are interested in being part of the social nature community and trying products themselves, how do they sign up for that? They just go to our community website, which is easy at socialnature.com. And you're invited definitely to join. It's a great way to kind of get to know the program, especially if you're a brand wanting to use it for, for your new product launch, give it a whirl from the consumer perspective. It's free to sign up. So you just create a profile. Well, of course, we'll ask you lots of information about yourself. So be prepared to <laughs> go through some um, some survey questions. But from there, we'll do our best to match you to the products that we think you'll love based on your profile preferences and where you tell us that you shop regularly. And that way you can discover new, better for you products for your next shopping trip. Awesome. That's great. I think I have some vouchers waiting in the mail for me today after, after signing up for a few. So I'm excited. Awesome. You've made the process so easy and intuitive. And I've been amazed already like the products I've been matched with. I'm like, 
oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool. So I encourage everyone to, to definitely sign up to be part of the community. Well, thank you so much, Analia. This has been so valuable and so great. I really appreciate your time and you sharing with the Startup CPG community. Thank you so much, Jesse. And yeah, we are also sponsors of the Startup CPG community. So definitely encourage anybody that does plan on getting in touch with Social Nature. If you, if you are part of the CPG startup community, do mention that as we'll give you a special offer. <laughs> so be sure to mention that to our team. And all of the programming that we do is highly customizable as well. So today I've, I've spoken about certainly general best practices, but our team of uh, CPG growth strategists are going to be really excited to talk to each of you individually and develop a customized program based on your specific goals. So we're all about helping natural brands win in the marketplace so that more people can have access to healthy and sustainable products. So we're really mission driven and that that's what drives us to really help help you all succeed as well. Thanks for joining us. Special thanks to our partner, Social Nature. You can find them at socialnature.com, link in the show notes. This Startup CPG podcast is executive produced by me, Jesse Freitag. Theme music is by the Super Fantastics. We'd love to have you join our community of founders and experts. Get the invite at startupcpg.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now. It's the easiest way to help us grow our community. See you next time.